on the straight list somewhere in their religion, but they do not have him as the centerpiece. We don't have Muhammad. We don't have Buddha. We don't have Joseph Smith or the modern-day prophet of the Mormons because we don't need them. All you need is Jesus. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, righteousness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. So let's use our knowledge that we have and the vine to go out to produce the fruit using all of those attributes because all of those other religions need it. Lord willing, everyone today has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior because He is the only way. There is no other way to get to heaven but by Him. And like Jesus said to that man on the cross in Luke 23, and Jesus said, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. It is not too late. That man was dying. And his whole life he had never accepted Jesus until the moment of his death and he got to go. So it's not too late today. If you can hear my voice, it is not too late. Jesus is God. And th there's all of these examples I'm about to list are all from the book of John. I mean, John 8, verse 58 says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in John 1, verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh. So that complements each other. It says, The Word was God, and then the Word was made into flesh, and dwelt among us. John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Not Buddha, not Mary, not Joseph, not Muhammad, only by Jesus Christ. And every knee will bow. Every knee. And you will confess. You will say, you are the Lord. But, but after that, it's, it's too late if you haven't accepted him by then. You're either going to heaven or hell. There's no in-between. One thing I always tell people is, okay, what if there was nothing when we died? What if all this world was a coincidence? Whatever, the Big Bang happened. What if that happened? But I followed this book and I lived a good life. But what if you die and there was something? What if you die and there is God? And there is God. There's no doubt about it. There is God and Jesus and, and there is a hell. It's real. And God does exist, and you didn't get saved, and you don't follow this book. I mean, sadly, that's, that's a way to get a free ticket to hell. I mean, so in conclusion, I mean, there is one way to get to heaven. That's through Jesus. There's no other way. All the other religions have included Jesus in every way possible, but it's not the right way. We have it right here. All, all, everything we need is in this book. But sadly, the majority of this world won't follow it. So it's not too late. But thank you. That's it. Amen. It's not too late. If you're here tonight and you have not trusted Christ... God's given you some time to make that decision to trust Christ as your Savior.
Thank you for sharing that uh, tonight. Thank you for not just sharing it, but preaching it. Thank you, Brother Jared. Well, our next preacher for tonight is uh, Brother Mason Krantz. Uh, Brother Mason is one of our young men in our in our youth group, and I'm really proud of him and uh, some of the growth that we've been able to see in his life. And uh, I appreciate his. Uh, he got saved here at Cornerstone since uh, since I've been here, and I think it was uh, the night that Brother Leland Johnson, um, my brother, same last name, uh, but uh, different mother, um, but. Uh, Brother Leland Johnson, brother, go ahead and come on up here. Um, brother Leland Johnson preached that night and giving a report of his ministry, but then also uh, preaching the gospel, and uh, Mason ended up getting saved that night, and then uh, he got baptized right in that baptistry, and I'm so proud of him for his desire to follow the Lord, and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful that he, when I asked him about this tonight, he there was no hesitation I thought, you know, he might go, um, no, 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 like, uh, do I have to, or it was no hesitation, I, yes, let me do it, and uh, so I'm proud of him for being willing to take this step of faith and, and preach tonight, so, but Mason, you're on, come preach to us. All right, well, I'm just going to jump right into it, I'm not going to pray, but it's probably going to be shorter than Jared's as well, not as long as Pastor expected. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to be preaching on Matthew chapter 6, verses 30 through 34, if you wouldn't mind turning your Bibles with there. It says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the fields, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient into the day is the evil thereof. So tonight I'm going to be breaking down this passage and what it means to me and what God gave me. So if we look in verse 30, it says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So what he says here is, If God will give the grass of the field clothed, which is here today and tomorrow is going to be burned in an oven, won't he give us clothes, the children of God, and won't we trust him to provide for us? And he carries it on in verse 31 and 32. What he says is, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. And in this verse he explains that we shouldn't worry about what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink, and we shouldn't think the way that the non-Christians do, for they go after all these things like the Christians always want new shoes, non-Christians always want new shoes, new cars, new clothes, and we shouldn't be focusing on that. The Lord already knows about our every need, and we don't need to fret about insignificant troubles and know that if we first put our faith in God and look toward the kingdom of God, then He'll take care of our needs. So we can see in verse 30, Jesus tells us that God will clothe the grass of the field, and He'll clothe us if we put our faith in Him. And in verse 31, He tells us not to worry about what we're going to eat or drink. And in verse 32, He tells us that this is what non-Christians do, and we shouldn't do this. 
And then the Lord already is aware of our needs. And in verse 33, he tells us that if we look toward the kingdom of God, we can take comfort in knowing that God will take care of us if we trust in his will. It's kind of like someone who serves in the military. The government takes care of their material needs, food, clothing, and shelter, so they don't need to focus on all that. But their concern as a soldier is obeying their orders and protecting their country. And their government already knows that they need food, drink, and clothes, and shelter to do that. And this is kind of what Jesus is saying here. He calls us out of the world and where everyone is busy chasing bigger homes, newer cars, nicer clothes, and expensive gadgets, you know. That's what most people just live for. But he says, as my follower, those things are not to be our focus, and that we first need to seek the kingdom of God and let God take care of the rest of our needs. So we don't need new clothes or new shoes to follow God's will. And it's pointless to spend most of our time thinking about what the new things I can get my hands on, as the non-Christians do. But we need to focus on God's kingdom. And if we have faith in God and know that God is good and He cares for us, He'll provide for us. And we can focus on what He wants for with our lives. It was pretty short, but that's what God gave me, so I'm going to use it. If you wouldn't mind, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for giving me the wonderful opportunity to come and preach in front of these people. Please give me, please have them take something away from my message, and please provide the right words for the rest of the preachers that come before me. And you're in my prayer. Amen. A little convicting, isn't it? Uh, sometimes we do get focused on the things of this world and begin to put our focus there instead of on the things that the Lord wants us to, to worry about and to focus in on. And uh, we end up acting, we're saved, but we end up acting like unsaved people. Um, Lord, forgive us for that. And thank you for the reminder to not focus on those things, but to focus on seeking first the kingdom of God and knowing that he's going to take care of it. We don't need to panic. We don't need to worry. He's got it. Uh, our focus needs to be on him and uh, his will for our life. Thank you, Brother Mason. Great, great, great words tonight. Well, our next preacher is uh, Brother Dan Armstrong. He got the privilege to preach last year, and uh, he's been telling me throughout the year he's been thinking and working on a message, and so I was like, I better give him another opportunity before he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to sing another song uh, in, before he comes. You can go and come on up here, brother. And uh, I appreciate the Armstrongs. Uh, they have been a tremendous blessing since the Lord brought them to our church. Um, they just recently uh, started doing junior church, and uh, I appreciate them willing to take that on. And uh, just have been a real faithful uh, blessing here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. And uh, somebody else is a fan of them, I can tell. Um, they're trying to do, let's go, Dan, let's go. Anyway, um, praise the Lord for Brother Armstrong. I'm looking forward to the message. But let's sing another song first, and then after the song, uh, you're on. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand right quick, and we'll sing through this little chorus two times. <clears throat> I will sing of the mercies of the Lord for I will sing. I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. With my mouth. 
will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing, I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of my Lord. Please be seated. Amen, even everybody. I had just the opposite uh, issue with Pastor, his first message. I had to cut a bunch of it out of mine because it was too long. So I'll spare you most of it. Uh, we're in uh, Mark uh, chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. It's the parable of the sower. The Bible says, Hark and behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and it did, and it yielded fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty and some sixty, and some an hundred. I'm going to start this off with a uh, bit of a story. When I was five years old, here, great. When I was five years old, me and my sister went over to my grandpa's house, and we spent a week there. We did this every year after that, but this was the first year this, this ever happened. I don't remember everything from when I was five years old, but I do remember the surprising amount of things. The memory I'm about to tell you, it was so clear. I still remember it just like almost word for word, the whole situation, everything that was laid out. Uh, it was in the best place my entire grandpa's property the garden. The best stuff happened in the garden. I was with the one person I wanted to be with, my grandpa. He was a retired Navy sonar chief. He was, uh, he served in the Korean and Vietnam Wars. He was big, strong, and the only male influence in my life at the time. So I wanted to be with him all the time. Now the garden is where, like I said, all the cool stuff happened. I still remember that dark grayish brown clay dirt that he had there the way it broke as I stepped on it, all the plants growing, the corn stalks that towered above me. The grandpa had a big blue tractor. It was a Ford tractor. Well, it wasn't that big, but I was really small, so it seemed really big. And he was there. Um, it was hooked up to a big roll of fencing. It was stretched out, and he was hammering fencing staples and a fence. He was putting up a fence. And... Um, I was about five foot uh, behind him, off to his right, allowed me the best view of the garden. I could see Grandpa hammering. I could see all the garden. And uh, what did five-year-old Danny want to do? I wanted to do exactly what Grandpa was doing so easily. It didn't matter that I was about a fifth of his size. It didn't matter that my hands were tiny compared to his. I wanted to be like Grandpa. I asked if I could hammer in a staple. I still remember the wry smile he gave me. It was the same one he gave me a year later when uh, he pushed me down a hill on a bike for the first time. <laughs> the same one that I saw when I first shopped on a pair of steel roller skates on their cement carport. I wouldn't pay attention to that particular look, but this was the first time I'm ever seeing it. Grandpa said, it's hard. I said, I can do it. Grandpa said, you'll hit your hand with the hammer. I said, I'll be careful. Without another word... He handed me the prize that I so wanted. I was holding the huge hammer. But the five-year-old me, it was, a, it was a sledgehammer. It was a weapon. It was the key to doing something important. 
I was going to build a fence. My grandpa gave me a staple. He said, hold it in your right hand and hit it lightly with your left hand to set it two different times. That's a great thing about grandpa too. He was left-handed, correct-handed. Thank you very much. <laughs> I put the staple in place, tapped it twice with a hammer, pulled back the hammer, and I hit it really hard on my thumb. And it hurt. I hurt my thumb. It hurt my five-year-old pride much worse. Tears were streaming down my face, and I was, I was holding it in. I wasn't going to cry because I wanted to be a big boy, right? That's what big kids did. I got the help with the fence. I was a man. And I was determined to act like one, kind of. <laughs> Grandpa, to his credit, didn't laugh at me. In fact, he didn't even ask me if I was okay. He did ask if I wanted help finishing that staple. I wanted help. <laughs> Not only did I want help, I needed it. I absolutely could not do it by myself. Now in the Bible, the sower is mentioned eight times. Sown, mentioned 30 times. Sow or sow, as a root word of another uh, word, sow, sown, or sower, is mentioned 95 times. Spiro in Greek for sow is 53 times. Zara, Hebrew, 56 times. Now I enjoy counting things, you guys know that. I, uh, math is weirdly fun to me. I crunch numbers all day, and I, I like it. I really like it. That and gardening are kind of my thing. See, this is the first year I've ever actually had space to plant a full garden. Now, I knew going into it that it was going to be hard work to establish a garden from eight-foot-tall field grass. I mowed it down, tilled it, wintered it, tilled it again, tilled in a couple of tons of horse manure, staked out my rows, and I raked 50-foot-long rows, with a drainage line in the middle. After all that work, I got to the point where I could sow my seeds. I was so excited. Then I did it. My garden was in. Then it froze. <laughs> then deer came. Then the grass started growing back, along with everything else. Then the squash beetles decided to make themselves known, decimated not just the squash, but melons and beans too. Then came the grasshoppers. It's okay. Pretty good. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11 to 13, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be for the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. God sure does have a way with words. The Bible says that God's word will not come back void. Regardless of how we sow it, it's God's job to give the increase. Our job is to sow or to water. The parable of the sower, and we've heard that many times, and even me growing up in Catholic church, as someone Jared mentioned earlier, where we actually rarely read the Bible. I knew this from an early age. We know that the seed which fell by the wayside are the folks that hear the gospel, but the devil takes the word out of their hearts. They're never saved. They're the, I call them the door slammers. Someone actually chased me down with a track that I gave them for like a quarter mile to give it back to me. Now, at the time, I thought it was kind of funny, but really it was just sad. We know the seed which fell on the stony ground are those that get gloriously saved but don't have the root. They fall away in time of temptation. Those are the, I only want good news, Christians. When the tough time comes, they ask, 
Why would God let me go through this and give up? We know those that fell in the thorns are choked with the pleasures and riches and don't share the gospel faithfully. I call them the new shoe Christians. You preached about that a second ago. They're busy gathering stuff. He who dives with the most toys wins mentality. And of course, they're the folks that are saved in church, serving, bring forth some fruit, right? Some 30, 60, or 100. How amazing would it be to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, by the creator of the universe. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to do every good work. On the most basic level, the concept of sowing reaping works like this. A farmer who plants many good seeds is likely to have a rich harvest, right? A farmer who plants poor or few seeds, probably a bad harvest, a poor harvest. Planting no seeds at all is going to yield you nothing. You get nothing. Most of us are not farmers planting and growing crops, but we all sow seeds every day. We sow seeds with our attitudes, a smile or a scoff or an eye roll could be more than a momentary thing. The way we treat people, how we follow through in our word, our commitments, even if you spend your whole day in bed, you're sowing a seed of either rest or laziness, I mean, one of the two, sowing seeds of integrity with your business and personal relationships, being honest, fair, hardworking in all your dealings. That'll go a long way in producing prosperous results. At first, the process can seem quite slow. You work hard and sow many seeds, sharing the gospel, doing the work of God, but then you wait, hopefully while sowing more good seeds, because there's always a waiting time between sowing and reaping. Some of the seeds produce, some of them don't, but there's an amazing thing about sowing and reaping. Over time, if you consistently sow good seeds, there's a cumulative effort. Effect. Cumulative effect. With the seeds you've sowed years ago, you'll be reaping good results now, as well as reaping in, you know, from the newer seeds you've sown along the way. Just like my grandpa gave me the hammer, a tool to accomplish the job there, we can give the best tool. You can share the gospel. Amen. Or even just share the love of Jesus through the act of sharing time with your friends and family. And don't worry, just like I couldn't hammer in that fencing staple as a five-year-old the first time I tried, I guarantee you that you or I can't save anybody. That's up to God. All we can do is give them the hammer. We can be the ones that share, but we can help them. We can water the seeds. The fall by the wayside, door slammers, we can't help. Some rejects Jesus. It's their free will, as Jared said. But the stony ground only want good news Christians. We can water by encouraging them with our past and how God has always provided for us every single time. Those following the thorns, new Christians, can also be encouraged and challenged to see what is really important in life. The only thing we can be is sowers. We can never make people get saved, no matter how much we want them to. So let's be faithful in sowing, praying, encouraging, challenging fellow Christians. So much more could be said, but my time is up, so uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for just your many blessings to us. I ask that you help us to be uh, faithful to you, Lord, faithful to your word. Help us to do what you've asked us to do, is to share the gospel with others, Lord. Many people are dying, they need you. Help us to just uh, encourage them that they can see you. Your gift is very easy to accept. 
I ask you to just be with us in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dan. Uh, what are you sowing? We're all sowing something. What are you sowing? Do you have that in your mind as you live your life, as you go to work, as you go to school, as you see your neighbors? What are you sowing? God wants us to be faithful to sow the good seed of the Word of God so that it will bring forth much fruit. That's God's intent for each of us as believers is to bring forth great fruit. Well, what we're going to do tonight is this is the last service of the year. Our theme for 2021 here at Cornerstone Baptist Church has been looking unto Jesus. And uh, Mrs. Stino wrote a chorus uh, at the beginning of the year to go along with this theme. And uh, we're going to go ahead and sing that one last time as we kind of conclude the year. And so, um, Brother Blake, come and lead us, if you would, in Look Unto Jesus. This is our last time singing this song, so I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Okay, you guys stand with me. Looking Unto Jesus. It's not the last time we'll ever sing that song. Well, we'll, we'll probably sing it again. Um, it's a great, it's a great, but the last time we're going to sing it this year, unless you sing it on the way home, which, which go for it. Um, but uh, thank you for writing that uh, this year, Miss Stino. I appreciate that. And it's been a blessing uh, and a good reminder for us to keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. And uh, so far, that's been the encouragement for us so far uh, in the messages uh, we've heard that it's not too late to accept Christ, and Jesus is Jesus and, and uh, I'm thankful for the emphasis there on the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, then uh, the emphasis from uh, Brother Mason on uh, remembering to worry not about the things of this world, but to focus our eyes and minds upon the Lord, and then uh, the emphasis on sowing seeds for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, throughout our life. All right, so you got to keep with the theme. All right, Brother Zach's going to come at this time, and uh, I'm thankful for Brother Zach as well. Um, 
he uh he he's been coming for a good while now and uh we uh he actually ended up um if i remember right your uh brother tom mcdonald um talked to him after a service and talked to him about the gospel and uh, tried to lead him to christ he didn't quite totally understand everything um, about salvation until he and i uh, went and met at um, chick-fil-a and uh so we had God's chicken, and then uh, we talked about God's salvation while we were eating God's chicken. <laughs> uh, we had uh, we had a good visit, and uh, and you know that's when he kind of really it, the light bulb went off for him regarding salvation. But uh, I've seen him just have a tender heart for the things of God, and uh, just being faithful to the house of God, and uh, I really appreciate him and and all of that. And so I asked him if he would preach and. He said yes, and uh, not as excited as I was hoping, but just because I know how I know how nervous that um, I was when I was first asked to do this, and, and how nervous I still get, um, just to be honest. But uh, Brother Zach, I'm thankful for you, thankful for your growth in the Lord, and I'm looking forward to the message God's laid on your heart. Come, come and preach to us. Huh? <laughs> Well, I'm last tonight. You never want to be first or last, right? But I kind of volunteered for this. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. <clears throat> Let me tell you, I haven't prayed for anything more than this in the last few days. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I had something happen to me. Maybe, maybe it's been a, month, a couple months or so now. I've never experienced it before. <laughs> we had a guest speaker come here to Cornerstone. <laughs> Forgive me. I forget names. I'm the world's worst when it comes to names. I'll be honest. I would be lucky if I could name half of you here. <laughs> um, I hope that does not offend anybody. Anyway, <laughs> he's up here preaching. I'm sitting in my normal spot about four or five rows back with Savannah's family. And his message, it's great. It's got my attention. Then he says something. He said, and, and he just says this, and my heart feels this pressure that I've never felt before. Like, I felt, like, I mean, I was speechless. Tears were going down my face. It was hard to breathe. I was doing my very best not to draw attention to myself. I did not want to, I really didn't want to say what he said tonight, but I'll go ahead and say it. He said something along the lines of, well, young men, pulpits are opening every day. Missionaries are getting older and retiring every day. Somebody has to fill their spots. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that it's in God's will for me to preach every week or leave the country or even the state. But I know I can do more here in my place. So I got to do more. I have to. I can feel it in my heart. So here's where I start. Because you see, when during our marriage counseling meeting, preacher brought this night up, and, you know, he just said this. My reaction was, you know, scratch my head, nod, and say, yeah, yeah, be noncommittable. Oh, that's the night of the OU game. Well, <laughs> I hope to change the subject. Well, you see, I'm not a public speaker at all. I was nervous. I still am, as you can tell probably. Well, we finish up and we head home, and guess what? I got the exact same feeling in the chest in my car when we pulled up. I got the same feeling while writing this. I haven't told anybody this. I mean, it was strong. You see, I know 
that God, and I know in my heart that God wants me to do more for him. <laughs> so let's get into it. When I was writing this, I was thinking, who's my audience? Well, there's you guys. There's Preacher. There's Savannah's family, my family, and there's God, and there's me. Light bulb. Who better to preach to than myself? I know me better than anyone in here except for God. So tonight I'm going to empty out my closet, and maybe what some of what I say applies to you. Maybe it does not. I hope you can get something out of it. I am by no means perfect. I am a sinner. Some Sundays we have a message about spreading the word of God, being a light to the world, right? Like preacher's lighthouse illustration, in the dark. You want to be a light in the darkness. Passing out tracts, right? <laughs> Join me in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15. I get... <clears throat> and he saith unto them, go, you into, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, what does Zach do after hearing this, usually? I'd be standoffish, avoid contact with the preacher in the lobby as I walk past the table, hoping he did not see me pick up the stack of tracks, maybe get out. He shook my hand. We say our goodbyes. I wiped the sweat off my forehead. Woo! He didn't notice. Or maybe he did. <laughs> well, you know who definitely saw? Goss saw what I did. He knew what was in my heart at that moment. He is telling us right here in Mark that we should tell people about him. So what is my excuse? We see it again a couple chapters back in Mark 5.19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. So we should tell our friends, our family. We should tell everybody. And also in Luke 8.39, you go to Luke 8.39, it says the same thing. Return to thine own home and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published through the whole, throughout the whole city how great things Jesus has done. So we should be telling the world about Jesus. <clears throat> so tonight, I, this week, I grabbed some. And I'm going to pass them out. I'm, I, I, I'm passing them out this week. I won't have any come Sunday, hopefully. I have work. I, I'm out late. We'll find it. Wednesday, I should be good. <clears throat> Anyways, I encourage you guys to reach out to others, family, friends, and strangers. Let me ask you something. If there were a fire in your house and you had, say, 30 minutes before it was completely engulfed, what would you grab? Your family, of course, right? Maybe you get your saves out, your filing cabinets, pictures, guns, expensive appliances, fine china. Well, let me be the first to tell you, that stuff is not important. You cannot take it with you when you leave this body. So while you're getting your stuff out of your house, the fire may have spread to your neighbor's house, killing everyone inside. Ah, you might see where I'm going here now. Guys, there's a fire burning right now in hell, and you do not know how much time you have to get to your friends and family or, and even the server at the local restaurant that, and to get them out of the fire. 
you might say, well, they're young, healthy, I'll tell them tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is not promised. Your next breath is not promised. The Lord could call you home tonight if that was his will. I think us as humans have the tendency to downplay hell because if you truly knew what we were in for without Jesus' sacrifice, we would never stop telling everybody about Jesus. If we truly could comprehend hell, we would have the sense of urgency to tell everyone we knew about the Jesus Christ, our Savior. My coaches in high school would always tell us to have a sense of urgency during our workouts and on the field. So now I'm telling you to have a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency for your family, your friends, your coworkers. Have a sense of urgency for the checker at the store, for the lady doing your hair, for the people that you, that you know don't want to hear it. All it takes is one more try. You never know. I know it's intimidating. I know it. I'm one of the quietest people you'll meet. I mean, and it's strange. I have the loudest family. If we're in a get-together, I can't say a word. From, who do you think I wrote this for? I wrote this message for myself because I need to do these things. I need to have a sense of urgency for those around me. I was talking to Grandma, Grandma Pat, after Grandpa's funeral service, and we got to talking about some stuff. And she said, well, you must be a good testimony. I thought about that. Me? Am I really? Like on the way to church, that guy who was listening to that song that you have to turn down before pulling into the parking lot. He's a good testimony? The guy who was greedy and took pride in his works? The guy who still sins knowing that I do not have to do that anymore? Like preacher says, once you're saved, the old man is dead. So you should not have to listen to the song that steps over the line anymore. I mean, why wouldn't the devil tempt us with his music here on earth? It teaches about greed, lust, money. Always glorify God. Remember, it's not you. It's him that gave you the ability that you have. Be willing to sacrifice and be charitable when you feel, when you feel, and when you feel convicted, don't feel guilty. Rather, ask forgiveness and make the changes necessary in your life in order not to feel convicted again. The old man is dead. You're not that person that you were before you let God in your heart. So when you leave here, be a good testimony for God. Do the right things. Change the wrong things and be an example to the people around you. Because the best way to show faithfulness is through obedience. Obedience to this book right here. So if you do what this book says, you'll be faithful. That's all I got for you tonight. I mean, I'll pray for you, and then I'll get out of here. <clears throat> Dear Lord, thank you for tonight and this, just a, this opportunity to speak in front of all you. And I just pray that you take something home, that they take something home tonight and I just pray that we'll just be safe heading home and pray that you just, if there's anybody in here who hasn't been saved, I hope that they learned tonight to, and something changed in their heart, Lord, and I pray that they, they can just, they can take that up with you and I pray that you just can do great things with your will tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hell is real. I hope that uh, that was a good reminder to all of us. Um,
so a couple of the last two messages were an encouragement for us to go and spread the seed of the gospel, to be good testimonies and to preach the gospel to every creature, yeah, whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel like that's your thing or not. Um, if you're a believer, it's your thing. Uh, God's not given us, God says preach the gospel not just to those who went to Bible college and who went through homiletics class and uh, took some classes on how to preach. No, no, no. That's for every, every Christian. Uh, we're all called to preach the gospel. Um, you may not get behind uh, a pulpit and, and preach, but, but you and I are supposed to be preaching at home to our children, moms and dads. Uh, we're to be preaching at when we go to work, when we go to school, uh, teenagers, um, as we go out and about. Um, I don't know that I'll be talking, well, I, I can probably preach to the lady who does my hair. Uh, he, he mentioned that, so the, the lady who cuts my hair is, is sitting right there. <laughs> it takes her a good two minutes to do it. I mean, it's, it doesn't take very long, <laughs> um, but uh, I do need to be preaching to her too. But anyway, thank you for the messages, all four of you. You did a fantastic job. Um, and uh, I don't know what the Lord has for each, each of you in your futures, but I know should the Lord call you, you all have the skill and the ability and uh, we, the potential to be, be used of God in a might, mighty way. And so I was very proud of all, all four of you, and thank you for uh, the courage that you uh, displayed tonight and the passion you displayed tonight um, as you preached the word. Um, let's take a quick moment tonight and uh, look at our prayer uh, sheet for tonight. I do want to uh, highlight a couple of prayer requests and um, <clears throat> a couple that came in a little late tonight uh, after we printed. Um, one was um, from uh, the Lunos, Brother David and uh, Nikki and Aaron and Kenzie. Kenzie and, uh, just tested positive for covid so we want to be praying for the Lunos as they go through this time. Um, this is kind of their second bout with it, and uh, they, they're really good at They really enjoy it, so they wanted to do another repeat. Uh, they wanted an encore uh, bout with this, but no, they didn't. Um, so be praying for them as they go through this time as a family, um, and uh, certainly I'm sure they would appreciate you reaching out, but certainly they would more importantly appreciate our prayers for them during this time. And then uh, Mrs. Tino uh, wanted me to mention that um, her, her mom uh, fell a couple weeks ago, and her name is Betty Perry, and uh, they discovered she has a uh, fracture uh, that is pressing into her spinal cord, and so that is uh, very, sounds very painful. I've never had that happen, obviously, but um, so be praying for Betty Perry um, and uh, she's going to be uh, hopefully getting a surgery here soon to rectify that situation. Um, Brother Scott's mom in, uh, fell. Um, I found out about that this morning, um, but, uh, but she's doing okay. Um, she just has a, uh, an owie on her forehead, so I'll be praying for Molly. And then um, another one I wanted to mention um, I, I really hate mentioning this one. Uh, it is um, the Coleman's. Um, Miss, Miss Mary ended up losing her baby again. So for those who know, um, who don't know, she was pregnant back in early 2000. And uh, 
Is that right? 2000 or 2020 is what I meant. Is that right? Is 2020. And, uh, and they didn't really tell anybody she, she lost the baby and then, um, and then she got pregnant again and then said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to announce it. We want people praying. Um, and then we got a text, I think it was on, was it yesterday morning or Monday morning, one of the, Monday morning, yeah, Monday morning that they lost the baby again. They're in Ohio at the moment. And, uh, so Bible tells us in uh, Romans chapter 12, I was going to read this verse to us as a church family tonight. Uh, Romans 12 and verse number 14, or 15. Uh, rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Um, you know, I'm thankful for some of the, the praise reports that we hear uh, every once in a while, and, and the opportunities for us to rejoice with one another. But, uh, but there's times that as a church family, we need to weep with them that weep. And uh, this is one of those times. Um, I don't know when they're going to be back. She said they're going to stay up there for a bit. Um, but uh, when, when they do come back, let's just, it's always awkward to know what to say in those moments. But just say, hey, we're glad you're back. We love you. We're praying for you. Uh, just something like that. We don't need to, you know, go too much further than that. I think that that's enough. Um, but, uh, but be praying for them if you would, uh, on your own. Um, and I thought what we'd do tonight is, um, end this service, uh, with the word of prayer. I want to sing a song as we close, close the service. But before we do that, I want to have a time of prayer and, uh, thank the Lord for these messages, but then also, um, have a time of prayer for these prayer requests. And I, I know there may be some other prayer requests that are out there, but, um, if, if you'd like to share them with me, I'll be around afterwards, but um, we're going to go ahead and just pray for these right now, and, um, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, uh, we come before you tonight. We are so thankful for the service that we all got to be a part of. Uh, Lord, it was so wonderful to hear your word go forth with uh, such passion tonight, and Lord, I I pray that we, like the Bereans in Acts chapter number 17, would have a readiness of mind to receive what we just heard. Lord, that it would not just go in one ear and out the other and say, well, that was really neat to see those guys preach the first message of their lives. But Lord, they didn't preach just for show, for entertainment. Lord, preaching is meant to cause decisions. And so, Lord, I pray that each of us would go home and reflect on what we just heard. And, uh, Lord, may we be different because of it. Lord, may we not fret and panic about the things of this world and instead seek ye first the kingdom of God. Help us not to worry about tomorrow, but to, Lord, just to focus on seeking you and doing your will for us today. Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember that, Lord, you are enough it's not Jesus, but it's Jesus and, and we're thankful for that. And Lord, that you are the only way of salvation, and thank you for making a way of salvation through you. And if there's one here tonight that has never trusted you as Savior, Lord, I pray that they would not have rest tonight until they get that settled. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, let these words echo in their hearts until they come to that moment of salvation. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful to sow the seed of the gospel to those around us. Lord, 
each one of us are going to be around people that you have divinely put in our path for the reason of us sowing the seed in their life, sowing the seed of the gospel. Please help us to be faithful to do so. And then, Lord, we were challenged to preach the gospel to every creature. And Lord, uh, a similar message. And I pray, Lord, we would take those, take heed to these as we go our way. Lord, help us to be um, faithful soul winners, help faithful witnesses for you. And Lord, I do want to bring these requests before you. I I pray for Kenzie tonight. Lord, I lift her up and ask that you would touch her body and heal her uh, from COVID and, and the rest of the Luno family as they go through this time. I pray, Lord, that uh, this wouldn't be serious. There would be no serious complications or anything like that, but that they would recover quickly and, and get back to the normal uh, routine of life. Um, I also pray for Molly as she's recovering from her fall, and then Mrs. Stino's mom as well as she's now having to possibly face back surgery. And I pray, Lord, that you would give wisdom and, and provision there and healing and relief of pain. And, uh, Lord, that you would use these trials in their life to draw them closer to you. And then, Lord, we do think of our dear sister Mary. Lord, we sure love Brother Daniel and Miss Mary, and thank you for the blessing they are in our church and all the things they do to serve you here. And, Lord, we were so excited about this gift of a little baby Coleman running around. Um, but, Lord, we don't get to see that, but you are getting to see it right now personally there in heaven. And, uh, Lord, I, I'm thankful for the promise that one day they'll get to meet this little baby there in heaven. Uh, but until then, Father, I pray that you'd grant them great grace and strength and wisdom and comfort and peace during this time. Lord, I, re I know that they in their mind realize that, uh, Lord, all things work together. But Father, I pray that you would just give them great peace and, and uh, give them what they need to make it through this time. Uh, Lord, this one, this one hurts. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would help us as a church family be faithful to pray for them in the days to come, and to show them love, that we're here for them, and that we want to be there for them through this time. And uh, Lord, we sure love you, and we thank you for a wonderful night tonight in your house. Thank you again for these men who were willing to uh, take the time to prepare and to study, and then, Lord, to preach. Lord, it take good, great courage and boldness to do so, and I, I thank you for their willingness to get out of their comfort zone to do it, and uh, I pray you'd mightily bless them, and I pray you'd give them more opportunities down the road, um, and we just pray that you would uh, dismiss us now with your love and care, we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Before we're dismissed, uh, let's stand together. Um, we're going to sing, To God Be the Glory. Great things he hath done tonight and throughout 2021. This is the last song of the year. And uh, I do want to encourage you to be in church on the first Sunday of 2022, which is this coming Sunday.